angels and demons, mythology and religion, heroes and monsters. These are the stories we create, the beings we fear and yet long to be. My name is Raven Burns Kushner, Wiccan artist and life coach. On this channel, I analyze our stories, gleaning the spiritual principles that help us live more successfully. I explore the darkness and the light, as both are important. And don't be afraid, unless of course that excites you. <laughs> Hello and welcome. All right, well today's topic kind of switched on me. I was going to talk about the origin of vampires. I watched an old movie called Vampire from 1932. It's a German movie that was translated and um, I've been reading this book, everything about vampires and kind of researching the origin of them. Um, but then I stumbled upon this movie called Luce, L-U-C-E. Now this movie Luce has nothing to do with vampires, but it's just a really super awesome and unique movie. So I very much recommend that you see it. Um, and I don't always recommend that you see a movie just because I review it, but this is one that I really hope that you see because it's very unique one, but it's also, it deals with racism in a way that I think is very, um, it's just very unique, it's very nuanced, and I think that it's very much worth seeing if you care at all about that issue. Um, but when I, after I watched it, I started thinking about the similarities between kind of the issues that came up during the movie and the origins of vampires. Now, vampires originated primarily in Eastern Europe um, and it goes back further than that, but that's where it kind of really took off. And almost always it's in response to some sort of traumatic event happening, like a pestilence or like a pandemic or a bunch of cattle, you know, dying all at once, or, you know, some kind of phenomenon that was uncomfortable for the, for the populace. And so they would put it on vampires and illness was a big one, illness and death, any kind of sudden death or any kind of illness that was going around because they didn't have, you know, the benefit of medical science or forensics to explain, you know, why crimes happen, why death would happen, why illness would happen. And they also didn't have, you know, centuries of, of hindsight to look back on and explain why these things were occurring. So they put it on vampires, ghosts, spirits, you know, witches, any number of things they put it on in order to explain and thus feel more comfortable because humans always want to understand and that's the good thing about us but the bad thing is that we'll settle for any explanation that makes us feel better even if it's wrong right so loose this movie is about and it's it's so well acted octavia spencer's in it naomi watts and then the other actors i'm not as familiar with but totally recommend this movie it's on hbo max at this time so check it out but it's about and i won't spoil it i promise because i very much want you to see it so i will restrain myself from from totally spoiling it like i normally do with movies um but this movie is about a, a young man high school student you know valedictorian 
you know, um, captain of his uh, track team, just all around winner. Um, and he's African American and he was adopted by a white couple. So he is feeling a lot of pressure from all sides to maintain his elite status. And a lot of stuff comes up in all the characters. It's super interesting. And it's super interesting if you observe your own feelings and thoughts while you watch the movie. That's super interesting and instructional. And you don't have to tell anybody what feelings came up while you watch the movie, but just for your own knowledge, I think it's really fascinating because it, it has a lot of suspense, even though it's, it's not an action movie. It was based on a play. And I tend to like movies that are based on plays because of the acting, the dialogue tends to be superior. Um, but it is actually very suspenseful, even though there's, it's, there's no action. So I held my breath until the very end. So I'd be curious to see how you feel about it. Um, but anyway, so that's the basic thumbnail plot of the movie. But the topic of racism, in my opinion, is very, very similar to the origins of monsters, werewolves, vampires, and why I believe we need those things now. At the time when they were originated, they needed it for a different reason than what I believe we need it today. Back then, as I said, it was a way of, 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 of soothing the discomfort of mystery, of not knowing, of fear, right? And racism is very similar. Racism is the systematic belief that one group of people, the dominant culture, is inherently better than, in all ways, all other groups and all other races. And it is, by extension, the belief that therefore it is just and it is okay to orient society in a way that privileges those people because they are inherently superior. So everything that pursues, proceeds out of that belief supports that underlying belief that one group is inherently altogether superior to another. And what happens when you have any kind of belief like that is projection and projection happens anyway. Projection is a psychological way again of soothing discomfort. Projection happens when you hate a quality, a human quality, you hate it, you see it in yourself or you're terrified of ever seeing it in yourself. So you place it squarely upon another person or another group of people. A classic example, two classic examples, one is the typical person who is a cheater and they know it's wrong and they have discomfort inside about the fact that they're a cheater. So they accuse their partner of cheating and they really believe that their partner has the same feelings that they sense that they do. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that the person has cheated, but they just are terrified of cheating and they know they want to, so they see it everywhere, right? Classic example number two is homophobia. The reason why that name homophobia, fear of homosexuals even came up is people noticed that projection that people who were the most vehemently and ferociously, you know, anti-gay had those feelings within themselves, but they would not 
reconcile or accept those feelings as just feelings, they made them wrong. They rejected those feelings and therefore to relieve that discomfort, they had to place it onto somebody else so that they could safely hate that person or those people so that they didn't have to hate themselves. And with racism, it's the same thing. So if you believe that your group deep down is just inherently better than other people, and the reason why you would believe that is, you know, ego reasons. You want to believe that because it makes you feel good, right? It makes you feel safer. At least I'm not one of those people, right? So those people then carry all of the traits, all of the negative traits that you don't want to acknowledge exist within your own group of people. Another classic example is what happened during slavery and Jim Crow times where there was this massive belief that black men were just rabidly interested in white women, just lusting after white women like beyond reason. What was actually happening during slavery and afterwards is that the white slave owners were raping and abusing and assaulting the slaves under their care. So that's what was actually happening. But the fantasy was that it's those people who are sexually you know, unrestrained and we have to keep them away from our women because they knew what they were doing, right? So that's a dysfunctional way of dealing with the insanity of the mind and the fears of being human and the frailty that we feel being human we know that we're going to die we know that we can get sick we know that we can get weak we know that we're vulnerable so a way of feeling invulnerable is to again like preserve the self-concept and then reject other people so in the times where they were blaming vampires for everything, imagine the first episode of serial killing. Now, I remember seeing this as an episode of Lore where they were talking about, I believe it was werewolves in that episode where a small town was blaming werewolves for you know, the, the murders of several people. Because think about it, if you don't know what a serial killer is, if you don't even have that language yet, you just know that a bunch of your countrymen are dying and being murdered, you know, inexplicably. So it made sense to them to say, well, there's, there's a werewolf in the forest who's coming in to murder our people. And we have to be very, um, we have to be very cautious because how can you understand if you're a normal person, the mind of a serial killer, somebody who would just go around murdering people for no good reason. Like that's incomprehensible to a normal human. And so, and it's incomprehensible that any other human would be capable of something like that. So you have to make it a creature, right? Something other than you, some, something very, very different. Then you can understand it better. So, in the movie, we, we saw Luce having all of these projections put on him from all sides and, and how difficult it is to, to manage that kind of thing. With vampires, now we know that they are stories, that they are our creations. We don't, most of us actually believe in them, but I believe that they still serve a really, really good purpose. And I believe that they are a healthy alternative to things like racism and bigotry and things that are very unhealthy and very destructive, both to yourself, the person who is racist and, and obviously the people that they're harming, you know, that having that kind of cancer inside of you 
it, it hurts other people, but it hurts you as well because you can't think sanely and rationally if you're holding on to fantasies and things that are not true. But the good thing about monsters is that monsters allow us to not have to reject pieces and parts of ourselves that we don't like, right? When we think about creatures who hunt at night and suck blood and are immortal and don't get sick and you know are all powerful and have superhuman strength it's like it's similar to, to having superheroes it's like we get to sort of positively project ourselves into these creatures and sort of watch them act out and do things that maybe deep down we want to do like we all have anger and we all have rage and we know we can't actually act on these things. So stories are a way, have always been a way for us to play with things that are very difficult to understand, very difficult to reconcile. But when we sort of read through the eyes of a vampire or werewolf or witch or any of these things, it's like we get to sort of vicariously participate in that power and for a moment, we don't feel like vulnerable, weak humans. We feel like we, we participate in their invulnerability, in their power. And I believe it's a good thing. And I believe it's a good thing to recognize that we are all light and dark. And that's the whole premise of my channel is that we are not just good. We are not just love and light. And it doesn't mean that that's bad. It's like we are the full package, right? Now, obviously somebody that shuts themselves off to the good then becomes something evil, some, some miscreant like a serial killer, but you have to either have a brain malfunction or consciously wall yourself off from the good that's also within you. When you allow yourself that fair balance between the two, when you allow yourself to explore all the sides of yourself, your angelic side, your sublime side, and also your animalistic and sensual side, your baser instincts, as well as your generous and higher instincts, you get to be fully human. And that's what it means to really fall in love as well. We go through when we first meet somebody, that idealistic phase and we are positively projecting all of these positive traits onto that person that's not love right? it's fun you know it's a wonderful stage to go through but that's not love love is when you see them with crust in their eyes in the morning you see them weak you see them sick you see them making mistakes and you still love them because you love them, right? You don't love this image of them and they feel seen because of that. We can't ever feel seen if we're only loved for part of ourselves. If you know that somebody loves you only because they don't know you, it feels good in a way because you want that admiration, but at the same time, you can't relax in it. You, you can't really accept it and you know you're not really loved because you always have to have that fear. What happens when they, when they really know me? What happens when I, when I need something? What happens when I'm sick? What happens when I'm not strong? Are they gonna be there or do they suddenly disappear? And by the way, that is the way to know if somebody really loves you. Are they there for you to celebrate when something wonderful happens or are they jealous? Are they there for you when you're sick and you're weak and you're having financial problems or you're having health issues or family issues? Are they there for you? Or do they turn on you? Do they run away? Do they make more problems for you? That's not love either. Love is being accepted for all of it. And that is self-love.
the whole premise of self-love is not that you just think that you're love and light and that's what you love. No, you love that you're an angel and a demon. You love that you are a witch and also, you know, sublime. You love that you're an animal and also a God. You love it all. You don't wall off parts of yourself and hate it and then project it onto other people. That's why racism is so dysfunctional. That's why all bigotry is the same thing. It's rejecting something in yourself and, and slathering it all over somebody else. That is wrong. <laughs> it's unhealthy and it's maladaptive. So the, the best privilege that you can ever have as a human, and, and this is the thing, a lot is said about white privilege and male privilege, this privilege, that privilege. It's not about making more money or having positive stereotypes or any of those things. That's actually not privilege either. In my opinion, privilege is the permission to be an entire human being. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, you know, like not let down your race or not let down your gender. You get to just be. <laughs> that is the highest privilege that you can ever give somebody and that you can ever experience. And that's why racism is so damaging. That is why sexism is so damaging because you don't get to just be a person. So the most wonderful thing that you can do for yourself is to love the entirety of who you are. The best thing that you can do for another person or another group of people is to just see them as people. <laughs> okay. If we can do that, we will be on our way to true evolution. All right. Well, that's all I have for you today. Go see Loose. It's on HBO right now. I don't know where else it might be. See it and then let me know what you think. So until next time, love yourself and love yourself well. Take care. Bye-bye. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you did enjoy today's discussion. Visit paintselflove.com to book a coaching appointment or to buy some inspirational art. Until next time, love yourself and love yourself well. Blessed be.